0: Zombies cannot run. I say this definitively. As the grandfather or the godfather of zombies, zombies cannot run. So anyone who has a zombie running, don't listen to that person. Their ankles would
1: snap. I mean, you know, what did they do? Go and join a spa the moment they uh, rose from the the dead? You're listening to the Survival Podcast. broadcasting to you live from the zamp command center here in it's really extremely hot and humid vermont my name is Bob fournier and joining me as always we have the busy zombie lord lou page howdy howdy how are you sir
2: uh, i'm not too bad how are you i'm doing all right it's hot
1: and sticky though not a huge fan not a huge fan of the hot and sticky how's it how's maine how's the weather in maine
2: uh hot and sticky
1: hot and sticky
0: speaking
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm hot and mean
1: yeah it's his own ryan murphy how are you
0: good yeah, yeah i'm doing pretty good some uh, just a weird week eh for, for yeah, zombies I mean, in general
1: yeah for, for the whole zombie genre i mean we were hit with the news of uh george a romero passing Mm-hmm. and uh i read it uh i, I saw it online i said at first i was like is this one of those real fake you know what i mean yeah and then i read a little bit more i'm like nope And i, I sent it over to you guys and i was like that's that's too bad you know
0: yeah um lonely bob not you lonely bob on the chair or uh, who who normally listens to the show was was one of the folks that that tagged us as well and um the la times story and it's just kind of like it was crazy um we we we're obviously going to talk about this later in the show but uh just the fact that we were talking about george romero not two weeks ago and i I know you're saying oh you're a zombie podcast you're going to bring him up every week not necessarily the case this was like a special instance where he was out in public talking and the fact that he's passed away from from lung is, and it sounds like it was very sudden like not expected uh but still it was a a short-lived battle and just Sad news and and shocked a lot of people, including, uh, you know, other people in film and in the industry. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that later. We're going to spend a good majority talking about George Marrow, his legacy, what he's done for us as far as zombie fans, you know. Um, but we do uh, – we're going to get into that. We'll get back into Fear of the Walking Dead next week, but we do want to spend a little bit of time honoring uh, a guy that probably brought us all here together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So – Without him, there would be no zombies at my podcast, and uh, you could you could definitely be sure of that. So, first, going gonna break it down with the news, and then we'll get into some of our favorite uh, George Romero moments, movies, and uh, quotes. So, uh, but first, uh, let's play this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Um, so, zombie news: final season of Tell Tales. <laughs> The Walking
0: Dead. They heard you both loud and clear.
1: <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> so So I'm at work today and someone that's working with me goes starts talking we started talking about Game of Thrones, right? Of course. And um they brought up the Telltale Walking Dead game. And he was like, Yeah, there was one point where you have to talk to Cersei and no matter what option you picked, she was always mad at you. And I was like, sounds like a Telltale game. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so <laughs> Lou and I were right.
0: <laughs> I like the Telltale games because they are just, they're just brain fodder. You just sit down, you push some buttons, and sometimes it's a good story. I know you guys were very burned by Season 2 and uh, Michonne. So was I. But New Frontier, actually I not that bad. I didn't
2: mind Season 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Michonne. And I was not keen on how Season 2 ended. But I was willing to give Season 3 a chance. I just feel like Season 3 was has been mediocre at best.
1: Yeah. My favorite part of Season 3 is all the graphic issues I've been having.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, and you know, I, I I totally understand where like technical issues are coming from. And I have been... A very strong proponent of Telltale actually creating a new engine for once as opposed to using the same bucket of bolts they throw out. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen because alongside this they announced the new Batman season and it looks to be running on the same engine and that thing yep. ran like trash. So, yeah.
2: And not only that, but Batman's coming in August already?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, that's crazy. Eh? It's uh... this
2: This season of Batman just came out like this year.
0: It, it ended, like, it started, I think, in late summer, so they're, they're like, back to, they're they're treating it like a television show, where it premiered, the first episode of the first season premiered in August, and they're bringing back a new season. It's kind of crazy, because it's probably one of the first times Telltale has actually done an actual season, you know, in, in typical fashion, so, you know, The Walking Dead's always been that one where they seem to always come back to it because it's where their big kickoff started with... 2012's The Walking Dead and the fact that we're getting a final season and the fact that we're getting the end of Clementine's story is nice because as I said in our Slack chat, the beauty of a new frontier with new characters is that they can tell a branching past story and not have to worry about the long term repercussions of of a finalized bit and yeah. really all they need to do in the final season depending on how fast forward they go it's just a throwaway line to acknowledge the fact that you did something specific in the previous game and yeah i think that works really well but you're right uh, it doesn't help when they develop a story that's kind mm. of a little boring and a new frontier had some very slow episodes especially near the beginning which um yeah but i, I felt it, it 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 rounded out pretty quickly but the issue with New Frontier is it, it, it was it, it was just a bunch of assholes running around in the apocalypse, which, I mean, I don't know about you yeah. guys, but I deal with enough assholes. Actually, I don't really deal with a lot of assholes, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like on the internet and, and just everywhere, like there's there's people around you that are, that are causing issues and you don't want it, that in your video games as well. You don't want to be surrounded by bad people. So you try to avoid right. that as much as possible. And a New Frontier was just filled with bad people. And it just frustrated yep. you, right? So yep. yeah. So
1: Walking Dead was the first, wasn't it? The pioneer series for these guys. The the first for Telltale. It was a, like the it was the
2: yeah, one that
0: kind of kickstarted yeah. them, but it wasn't their first
1: game. Maybe not their first, but this was like the one that kind of put them on the map, right?
0: Yeah. Before
2: this, they were doing um, the Salmon Max games and the Monkey Island. Games. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that stuff.
2: And those did okay, and they they sold all right. And I know that those are well liked, especially the Sam and Max games. I mean, I think I think
0: they made like nine of them. Yeah, but they made a lot of them actually. Yeah, yeah uh,
2: and they did the season thing, but it was really just adventure game fans that were playing them, or fans of the old games. And then when Walking Dead came out, that was when everybody jumped on board because everybody was like, oh, it's not just an adventure game. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure story. Except it's not. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it's interesting, though, that it's kind of like the flagship for the for them at first, and it's just we're at a point now where the story is just so dry, really.
0: Mm. No, I, I, I get the- that. Yeah, <clears throat> and, and actually, funny enough, if we're talking about Telltale's collection, if you want to own pretty much every Telltale game – in the vein of the walking dead go to humble bundle we talked about humble bundle last week they have a new humble bundle alongside capcom rising the uh the telltale bundle and it's Mm. got pretty much every every walking dead even a coupon for a new frontier if if you uh you you want to do that but also the first season of batman um 15 or more gets you a batman and minecraft and um and then the average gets you pretty much every Walking Dead game that they made, including Michonne, which you don't have to play because um, it's bad. But, uh, Poker Night of the Inventory is a lot of fun. I, I really dug that game. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about a final season. I want to see it end. That that that's nice because you know you, you usually find when you tell a story, the beginning's interesting, the middle's interesting, but it all doesn't work when you just continue the middle. Like if the, if they're if they're actually aiming to provide an end to Clementine's story, um, that is dictated by our choices, I think that's really exciting, because they can tell a specific kind of story knowing that they don't have to go back to this well. Um, do they never do another Walking Dead game? I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I don't
1: think so. I don't think.
0: They I can. don't think they do. Good, because I, ho- I and I okay. know that's what kind of what you want Telltale to do. Like, there's so many other. No, I, things they i, can I do. think
2: i think if the last season does well the most they do is i bet they go back pick another character and do like the michonne thing for one last hurrah to cash in on it a little bit but i <laughs> yeah. but i don't but but i i think that is that is two
0: or three years out you think it's if like other pro-
2: he, it's, it's like if their other properties don't
0: make the money how is guardians of the galaxy doing not good yeah, I was going to say, I haven't really heard a lot about it. And... Um,
2: the first chapter released and reviews were pretty much, yeah, it's a telltale game, but pretty much every review I read was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much on par with the last few read telltale games. Do you like Batman? Expect lots of Batman. <laughs>
0: hmm. Okay. Well, anyways, look forward to more Batman coming soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is, but, um. Speaking of some Walking Dead news, uh, we do have um, a premiere for The Walking Dead, which is October twenty second for season eight.
0: Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's um, yeah. three
1: days. That's three days before my anniversary.
0: Oh well, there you go. You'll have something to uh, do.
1: <clears throat> yeah, really.
0: Um, <laughs> I I, I want to take that back, Bob's. If Bob's wife is listening he is not going to make you watch walking dead on your anniversary because we will make sure that he watches it on the premiere date. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, no, so there, and we talked a little bit about the stunt man and unfortunately, uh, John Berniker, the stuntman, actually did pass away, mm. um, on production of season eight. Um, so thoughts and prayers out to his family again. Um, it's definitely an unfortunate loss, but, um, so having, coming back into this walking dead story, uh, so October 22nd, it's only three months away. Um, it's time to start getting excited again, right?
0: I mean, we're getting there. We're probably going to get a trailer uh, this Comic-Con, weekend right? at Comic-Con. They have their uh, annual panel. Um, this this key art that they've shown is basically, you know, in your head, picture what you think All-Out War looks like, and this is it. You know, you've got it, and it kind of like showcases all the characters that are in this show right now and man when you line them up that's a lot of characters
1: it's a ton of characters
2: it it, you know what it reminded me of when i saw it was oh i think one of the things i like about fear the walking dead is we don't have this many damn characters
1: i don't know i think at some point fear can have that many characters um i would have rather seen some sort of cool poster i don't know the 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 poster seems pretty cool with rick and negan on it you know Mm um But on the back end of it, 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 it's kind of got like three or four different types of groups here. Like you have Rick's group, and then you have like a a Maggie group, and then you have an Ezekiel group, and then Negan's camp. Um, It's kind of interesting because you're right, Lou. I think there are a ton of characters to follow right now. But in the same sense, uh, I think if Fear the Walking Dead continues to grow, we'll, we'll get a big cast at some point.
2: I don't think so. I think that's. I think one of the things fear is going to do is, I think fear is going to keep its primary cast very small.
1: No, that's where you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, would, it would be I, nice. I, I think Lou's well, right. It, it would be I don't great. I disagree. I think it, it's kind of neat to have a smaller group of um, uh, survivors to to follow. You know, but at the very beginning of Walking Dead, we had a kind of a giant group by the RV that quickly diminished down to the the handful before we started picking up more people. So. That's just my personal opinion. I think that eventually they're going to start adding more characters to make the show more diverse,
0: you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that makes but, sense. I mean, I can totally see them getting more diverse, but the fact that Prime has this many characters and, and they're all showcasing them on uh, on this poster is is goes to show that All at War is a big deal. There's a lot of camps, and there's going to be a lot of, uh, man a lot of back and forth as we seen probably as we see negan interact with all three of these different camps so prepare for a lot of episodes where you're jumping around and seeing a little bit of progress with rick's camp and then not getting that again for another month which all out war man yeah all out war is slow as hell yeah it's all out slowly happening to war but
1: it's good to get a release date though october 22nd uh yeah. it's good to. it's gonna be fun to see what comes out of comic-con and um you know we don't have as many spoilers to to look forward to as this premiere no did last time it, but the, the difference
0: better. between this year and last year it doesn't it feel just more calming to not have to worry about a spoilers or b try to find out those spoilers uh, <laughs> like we can just sit back and wait the
1: last year it was just all about like wait what about this and we had like a different theory every every time we recorded an episode yeah so you're right it is nice to um but then it turned out about. to be
0: exactly what everybody thought yeah,
1: you know, yeah for the most part yeah, unfortunate unfortunately it's like the
0: lost ending right um so Not really in the
1: last bit of, the last bit of news um or I guess <laughs> I like the the notes here. Um, Call of Duty, one more one more Call of Duty Zombies because David Tennant.
0: Yeah, I couldn't resist, guys.
1: <laughs> uh, so what about what makes you so excited about this?
0: So it's David Tennant, and That's he's going to be voicing a character in the uh, Call of Duty World War Two Zombies uh, mode. Mm-hmm. Again, I really wish they would just sell this separately because I would totally buy it, even if it was like. Forty dollars, like no. Yeah. If it was twenty or less, I would totally
2: buy this just for just for the zombie mode. But as far as I'm concerned now, yawn. No more news about Call of Duty <laughs> It's zombie. David Tennant. He's oh, on. come He's on! Just moving on already.
0: I know. I um, get it. I and I and I just threw this in there because you, you see David Tennant, then it moves on. It's like okay, Elodie Young. Not sure who that is.
2: She's um she's in Daredevil, she played uh, Electra.
0: Cool. Okay, casper Winnick. Uh, am I supposed to know who that is? She is in Vikings. Okay. Oh and yeah, I know her. Udo Kier? Am I supposed to know who that is? Uh, hold on, I, I don't have the page <laughs> up anymore because I moved you, on. You literally alt tab, hey, the Yeah, you should. Out.
2: You should know who Udo Kier is. He's in. A, he he's been in all kinds of stuff, including several of Madonna's music videos from the eighties.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, including several, and, and then they come right back with Ving Rhames, who we who we all know. But but here's the thing: like, I want to love Call of Duty Zombies. The issue I have with it is that they just add all this extra bullshit in. I just want to survive uh-huh. against zombies. Uh huh. There's and a reason why I don't play them anymore. But the fact mm-hmm. that David Tennant's in it is kind of conflicting because I really like David Tennant. Well,
2: you can go out and buy Call of Duty, and you can inform us of what it's like to, to play as David Tennant in uh, <laughs> Call of Duty Zombies, and I well, will live vicariously through you. Perfect. But I am done. <laughs> okay all Uh, right i will
0: i will cease from bringing it up and and maybe not even even gonna continue to talk about it but but i just really i really think that if they were going to release a zombie mode separately that would do
2: i would i would pay for a zombie mode separately yeah
0: i think they should do call of duty piecemeal like how close are we to, to getting that
2: we're not anywhere near close to that because they still need to milk it for all it's worth I, I, we're five years from that
0: what if they did the hitman thing and they promised a season of content and sold it at 40 but really you're getting the 20 dollars base content and they're not just, gonna
2: do that because they still think call of Duty makes them lots and lots of money i know they're not it's selling do less and less but we're talking about a perfect world
0: here lou let's
2: think there about is a perfect no world, perfect world. <sighs> george romero is dead there is no perfect world <laughs> oh no
0: I'm bringing it back. All right, All right well, fine. No more back. Call we of Duty well, zombie might, news.
1: Let's get into um. Let's get into this. We won't even talk about it. Um. Well, let's get into our you know our our guy here, George George A. Romero, um. As he called himself, the Godfather, the King, the, the he you called know, the founder. <laughs> yeah, in that interview that I played, he said. Uh, he said zombies cannot run. I say this definitively, as the grandfather or the godfather of zombies. The grandfather or the godfather of zombies. He
0: sounds like, he he actually does sound a lot like a reserved Stan Lee. Uh
2: (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, yeah,
1: Yeah, and they look alike,
2: too. I've joked about it for years.
1: Yeah. Um, Man, this this came as kind of a shock to me. It was funny because I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, oh, man, George A. Romero died, and she goes, who's that? I was I was like, Night of the living dead, um, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. <laughs> and she goes, I get it. And I'm like, yeah, he you know, he's the guy that, you know, we wouldn't be watching Walking Dead, I don't think, if it weren't for him. No, but I I mean I know we probably I mean Kirkman probably still would have wrote it and everything, but I mean without his presence of making zombies popular,
2: that's uh, tough. He he may not have because uh as the film we're gonna talk about in a bit that Ryan watched, uh there was a bit part actor in it, and his name is Greg Nicotero. <laughs> so, I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many people involved in Walking Dead that was involved in Romero's early works that, you know, I had, we wouldn't get... We, <laughs> Romero's always kind of hated the fact that all he's known for is his zombie films. Because he did try to stretch his legs and do other ju- forms of horror. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it, what he did changed a whole lot of cinema. And I don't think he ever realized how big his... I, I, I think not until recently did he realize how big his... his he affected everything. His, in, in. I mean, he changed his,
0: television at the very least when you look at the way Walking Dead came onto the scene as as a show that many cable uh, you know stations turned down, like Fox, NBC, saying like, no, zombies won't work, and AMC yeah. you know gambled on it. And now you're looking at Brad Pitt starring in a zombie film. And I know Romero hated the fact that The Walking Dead was popular and Brad Pitt starred in a zombie film, but. It, it it goes back to those conversations you hear about, say Shatner and uh, Leonard Nimoy, and uh-huh. and Adam West, you know, where they hated the fact that they were typecast or or just thought of as Batman's Bach, um, uh, Pica- or no, <laughs> sorry guys, well, what's oh. the <laughs> Kirk? Thank you, Kirk. Uh-huh. That was a close <laughs> one. I almost upset a lot of folks there, but yeah, he, you did. You, you know they once they realized that you know being recognized as that character and and people associating with that character isn't a bad thing it's a good thing when you embrace it and there's been a lot of these conversations as these actors start to pass away and i think it's, it's the same goes for amara he never really got to that point where he embraced the fact that he was the godfather of zombies it, it seemed like even in interviews two weeks ago that we were we were talking about where he was pitching a new movie a new zombie film he was still lamenting the fact that the walking dead was popular and
2: well, it, not only did he lament the fact that The Walking Dead was popular, but he lamented the fact that, like, in other words, like, almost like nobody still knows who I am. He, he, like, that was his impression, <clears> was that, like, you know, there's this small little group of people who know who I am, and that's it. And I think it's bigger than that. I mean, I, when the news hit that he died, I had people messaging me on Facebook that were like, Sad day for you today, huh? And it was like – and it was like – it's like – and these are people that are not into horror movies. These are not people that watch zombie movies. Some of them don't even know what Walking Dead is. But the fact that his his death made headlines, I had people messaging me being like, I hear one of your heroes died today. And it's like – and it was like people knew who he was. Yeah.
1: Oh, and, you know, he was a very, very popular, very famous person. Um, I remember. So for me, getting into his movies was. I was a little bit younger, on the younger side, and I remember watching a movie called Return of the Living Dead. You guys, I think we talked about this one before. Mm -hmm. And it's not. I don't think it's a Romero film, but I remember watching that Um, and going. Is it? I I didn't think it was.
2: It's not not Romero, but it has to.
1: when he right, wrote Night of the
2: Living Dead, uh, uh, Russo, who was the co-writer of it, um, he owned part of the rights. Right, he so sold it was his a, He sold the rights to the, the team that put that together.
1: Yeah. I um, I remember watching that movie on TV when I was too young to watch it and going, oh, man, <laughs> like, what is this? Like, this is awesome. And then I got into the whole Night of the Living Dead scene and then Dawn of the Dead. And uh, I remember, like, watching those movies and, uh, like, that. You know, I, I remember watching them with, um, you know, with my with my dad at the, at the time too, because he had seen them and, uh, you know, talking about you know classic horror movies and zombie movies, and I think that's what got me so into Resident Evil back in the day. Um, you know, watching those those types of
0: movies, you know what I mean? Oh I'm yeah, not even talking about just movies and television, video games. You look at, you know, the success of Resident Evil, and that is solely placed at the feet of it's george so, romero it, yeah it's
2: so solely placed at the feet of george romero he wrote the original script for the resident evil movie that they never that they never used,
0: and it was yep. terrible but like it was huh. oh it was awful it was a leaked draft and you know what they ended up coming out with wasn't a gangbuster either but well, still right. like it's it's one of those things that you, george romero and even on the show and i'm probably been his biggest critic uh, because i've watched more of his recent films as opposed to his older films and then when i finally went back and watched some of the older films I'm like okay i get it guys i get why people really love george romero's movies but what the hell happened after the 90s you know like who i don't know but uh, the thing is there's just so much that you can lay at his feet and and i think that i don't think he appreciated the fact that he was kind of the he was literally the godfather and and you you wish that you kinda wish that he didn't, you know, lean into it and be like, Yeah, I created all this and I'm I am the master and I'm I know everything. But at least kind of acknowledge the fact like Stan Lee does, where Stan Lee's like, Yeah, I created a lot of these things and I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm gonna I'm gonna love it, but I'm not gonna stand here and tell you that I'm I know everything and I'm the best at, at everything I do comic wise. It yeah. would have been nice to see him appreciate it more and I think he just he was close. I think he was getting there. You know.
1: Well, the thing is, and like we could look at his later work because, so even Day of the Dead, um, I I thought Day of the Dead was a good movie, and I know you just watched it, so I'd love to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, even there's some there's some stuff that happens in that movie where you're kind of like, ooh, what's he doing here? You know? Yeah. Um, he's kind of stretching the stretching the laws of his own writing here, and yeah. then when you got to Land of the Dead, you're like, okay. Okay, George. You know, um, I, 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 I
2: mean, and I will be—I will go on record as saying I do like Land of the Dead. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, it is not his strongest work.
1: It's a great—it's a great concept. I just don't like the fact that zombies walk around with guns and have a leader—leader leader zombie. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the idea was supposed to be that the zombies are becoming people, and I get it. It. it, it, and it, and it, it, it it has a political message like most of his films do, um, sometimes unintentionally. But it, it was almost like he was too heavy-handed with it. Yeah. Like, like, like nobody understands the subtlety of all the other films I've done. So this time, I need to be heavy-handed. And you go, yeah, maybe a little too much, George. Turn it back just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, and that's that's the weird thing, too, like... You almost wonder if he did it intentionally, like to see how far he could push it before he started pissing off people.
2: I you know did. what I mean? Yeah.
1: like and he's got and like i've I've listened to a lot of interviews with him lately, and one of my favorite ones is the one I played the clip from where he talks about he's got like, yeah, listen. he goes, zombies don't run. <laughs> and he's going on. he's like they they have no ankles. like they'd break. and like he's just like going on and on about how like, he he basically created zombies and you know there's no way they can run and then later on I'm watching another interview where he's like he goes yeah zombies could shoot guns and I'm like
0: ah.
1: <laughs> like it, it's just funny cuz I think he just wanted to push the the limits of what it what we could do you know he was trying
0: to do something different and i and i think that's yeah. th- that's the difference between you know what happened in day of the dead with bub happening yeah, to shoot exactly. a pistol in comparison to a straight up Zombie uh, uprising, and the fact that he—I—I just—I felt—and it sucks. I wish we could be talking about Romero as if he was—he was this guy who who loved the fact that his work inspired so many things and inspired the things we talk about each week, like The Walking Dead. And it sucks that he—he didn't see it that way. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's frust—it's frustrating for me because I feel like he was close. He was getting there.
2: But his other thing too is is he never wanted to be the guy that sells out, and I think Land of the Dead is about as close to selling out as he was
0: ever going to get. And oh uh, well, yeah, he had um, uh, well, some pretty high high paid actors in there, right? Like yeah, probably his I'm biggest pretty, work.
2: I'm pretty sure that it, basically my opinion of Land of the Dead is is that zombie stuff became popular again due to thanks of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. And studios literally were like, oh, man, Romero, we need to have him make something again. People just go see it for his name. And I'm pretty sure that that's how Land of the Dead got started.
0: Yeah, and, and you can tell based on the cast. And then you compare that to the films he did afterwards, Diary of the Dead and, and Survival of the Dead, where they, and, it fell back into indie status and he, it just didn't work. Um,
2: Diary of the Dead is not awful, awful. It's an okay film, and it has its moments where you're like, oh, that was kind of neat. That was kind of cool. But it's not as well written as any of his other stuff. And then Survival of the Dead, I don't know how that got made. <laughs> uh, I don't know who approved it. And the funny part is, is I've watched Survival of the Dead a couple of times. Don't ask me why, but I have. And yeah. I see actors from it in all kinds of stuff, I like bit part actors in TV and stuff, and I see them, and I'm like, "Hey, he's in The Expanse. That guy was in Survival of the Dead. He's coming up in the world. He's in actual good TV."
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it was a bad, it was a bad movie, and 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 maybe maybe I am too hard on him, but like I'm, I just like watching good good stuff, and the first zombie film that I really. Watched and truly really loved was um, the remake, uh, the 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 remake that Zack Snyder did. It was probably my favorite zombie film um, when I had watched it, and and it's probably still is my favorite zombie film. And I, after seeing that and going back and watching the other ones, it's like, oh, this is just typical zombie stuff, you know, where it's not a great film, but there just so happens to be zombie. Like if you're in the movie in the mood for zombie stuff those movies exist everywhere and a lot of them are kind of bad but if you watch romero's early stuff you do realize just holy shit if this movie didn't exist you wouldn't have the two movies he made afterwards and then everything else that came after resident evil walking dead i uh, mean stuff like that. i
2: mean i will say i saw the original night of the living dead when i was a little little kid I was probably like six or seven, and so I was, it was playing in the background somewhere on a TV, and I didn't realize what it was or what was going on or any of the significance of it, but it was weird and creepy, and it gave me nightmares as a kid. And I didn't watch it again for years, and then when I was in high school, I got into horror movies, and a f- friend of mine at the time gave me his VHS copy of Dawn of the Dead and said, Yeah, did you like Night of the Living Dead? I said, I saw it once or twice as a kid. It was okay. Uh, uh, And I I said, I "I like zombies, but it's... And they went, no, no, no. They said, no, no, no. I'm going to send you home with Dawn of the Dead tomorrow from school. And you're going to watch it. And you're going to love every minute of it. And I was like, okay. And I literally came to school the next day and was like, um... I need to go out and buy a copy of this movie because I'm going to probably watch it a 100 times. And I pretty much did. I think I broke the the VHS tape. So, I mean, and if you think about the tropes we get with zombies and the storytellings we get, it all came from him. I mean, Dead Rising is a zombie game for Xbox 360 that sold gangbusters and pretty much put the 360 on the map. And it was about a guy locked in a mall with zombies. Yep. I mean, yeah. you you can't get that close to, to what he established without, you know, bordering on plagiarism.
1: Yeah, so for me, Dawn of the Dead is the classic. It's the one that everyone loves, but it's the one that I can't help but love. Because in Night of the Living Dead, uh, there was that little bit of um, tendency of, like, people, how they react to each other when the end of the world is coming, you know? Yeah. But Dawn of the Dead was such two parts of the same movie where it was just so good that, it like, you had the zombies and the constant threat of zombies, and you're locked in a mall where you think you could probably hold out for a while in the mall, you know?
2: And, and then, you're gonna... the, then the humans show up again and ruin it Exactly,
1: all. but then you have this human versus human violence, and it was just, it was such a take on society as well as a zombie movie that I thought like way back in the day I was like this is the like the coolest thing in the world and like you still go back and watch it and you go man is it more about the zombies or is it more about people and that's what I like about the walking dead is because right now zombies are definitely a huge threat right mm-hmm. but it's the people that um how they react to each other which really makes the show so riveting um but you're right Dawn of the Dead um I think is definitely Definitely my favorite of his works. I know um, he did some other stuff too. Like he was like a producer on that movie, uh, The Crazies. Remember that movie?
2: Yep. Uh, he directed the original Crazies in 1973, yep. which, then... which is it, it. The original Crazies is not as good as the remake. The nope. remake is really good. Um, if you're looking for Romero movies that are not zombie related, um, I, I have some recommendations. Um. If you can dig up a copy of Martin, which is very hard to find, it is weird. It is very indie. It is so indie that even in 1978, you're going, what the hell am I watching? But the idea is is that Martin has come to stay with his uncle, and Martin is a vampire. Or at least thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. And the uncle every night is trying to lock him in his room and tell him he's a monster and that he's possessed by the devil. And Martin goes out and slits people's wrists and drinks their blood because he doesn't have teeth. And there's this weird romance story going on with this woman. It's really weird. And when you're done watching it, you're going, I don't know what I just watched. It It was entertaining. It was weird. And it had kind of something going on here. I don't get it, but it sure was interesting. And then the other film I will recommend that everybody watches is another one that's really hard to find. Oh, God. And that is, is Night Riders.
1: I think I've <laughs> seen that.
2: I, I wouldn't be surprised. We got Ed Harris as, yeah, a, as, a, as a motorcycle uh, riding King Arthur in uh, mm-hmm. reenactments, uh, along with several of the people that are uh, regulars in... Um, Romero's films and uh it's 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 yeah I won't say it's a good film <laughs> but it's worth it for the, the, the there is a uh, they do these reenact medieval reenactments on motorcycles jousting and one of the people watching that's like watching them do this is Stephen King and his wife, and they have Stephen King dressed up like a redneck hillbilly out in the woods, and he's just screaming at them, like, do it again! And (laughs) Knowing that it's Stephen King, and you're like, wow, this is kind of weird. And apparently he's in that because Romero uh, did Creepshow, and he directed the segment that was, I believe, written by Stephen King. And also... Later on, would go ahead and direct the Dark Half TV movie.
1: Hmm. Yeah, he's done. There's been some interesting Romero work for sure. Um, Ryan, as yeah. a person that just got into watching some of the original ones, and I know you just watched Day of the Dead. And
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: where where do you stand on like Romero classic movies? Like, what's your favorite? What's what got you into? You know, what do you like the most? And you know, go. For, what, what's your thought?
0: um having watched like most of the early ones specifically for the show i mean you you have night of the living dead which is the classic black and white right um Uh and that one i mean it's a good film if you put yourself where you know in its time you know if you watch it now thinking this is going to be an amazing experience in comparison to what you would see in theaters it's not going to hold up but in terms of its classic in the time it was released, very good zombie film. Um, what's the second one? The, the second one that he did after that, I'm blanking on it. It was it was Night of the Living Dead, and then there was another one. Dawn bef- of the Dead. Dawn of the There's Dead. Dawn. And that um, one again, also to me wasn't you know as you know amazing. It kept felt feeling like he was trying to make a specific film, and then you get to Day of the Dead, and I think that film has the least amount of like cringiness and holds up the best of the three that that of his originally original pre 90s trilogy i think so um and and i think really it's due to the fact that he's telling a human story and this is what gets me in the article we read before where he's making fun of the walking dead being a you know a, a soap opera with zombies in it it felt like day of the dead was getting close to that where it was mostly about the human side of the story than it was about the zombies the zombies just happened to be in the background they were the apocalypse that was happening around these characters and the interesting part of that story was the way the characters were interacting and of course you have the the trope of the crazy army versus you know the sane some sane scientists but it kind of showed a lot of like you know shell shock uh you know the the depression of being you know stuck underground uh science going too far science not going far enough Uh and it was just a really good film and again probably one of his best you know classic ones uh and having just watched it last night i i feel like it's it's still stuck in my head as to what that what that film was and what it did for for zombies and it felt like that's where he he, he made it we talk about him you know doing zombies and then trying to get out of it i think the reason he got out of it is because he felt he made he had made his film i'm putting words in his mouth but it just feel <laughs> it, it felt like that was he was done with it because he had made the film he was trying to make all these years um now when he came back with land of the dead i think that was more of a budget thing and him having a chance to tell a story that required a you know a higher budget um but I think Day of the Dead was just a good, a good mixture of zombie action, you know, uh, gore, lots of tearing bodies apart, just really raunchy stuff. But just felt in the moment of, of like that mid '80s horror film, you know, it felt really good, uh, and and the prosthetics hold up really well. Um, it's really gross the way near the end where they have the montage of the zombies kind of tearing people apart, just raunchy. Just really raunchy stuff and, and, and really gets to you too. And, uh, holds up really well. Yeah. The acting is really good. Um, you know, the main actress, the protagonist, that, that's also another thing. It felt like George Romero was, he was making horror films in, in a time when female characters were just there to take their tops off and get killed. And in day of the dead specifically, cause it's fresh in my mind, the main protagonist was a woman and she was a, you know, portrayed as a fairly strong character. She pushed through to the end. She was pushing all the other characters. She stood up for herself when people were, you know, talking down to her or, um, you know, kind of making light of the fact that she was the only woman around. There was a lot of really uncomfortable jokes going back and forth, but she held her own. And I feel like that's another thing he doesn't get credit for is that he kind of, he kind of gave women a really good character piece in his films whereas again in the 80s and the 70s women in films of those nature were literally just around to show their breasts and get killed like that was the era right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's nice to see that and and honestly it's it was now in day of the dead there was only like one woman in the entire film so you could kind of say like well ryan one strong female character doesn't necessarily outweigh the fact that all the other characters were men but still it's it was a step in a direction that really nobody was doing in that time in that genre you know yeah um which is crazy because that's kind of how they sold those films in in the 80s and in the late 70s as your buxom lass being chased by a monster and you know cool dude mcgillicuddy saving the day (laughs) that's kind of how they all boil down right yeah Um, especially the really trashy that was
1: the that was the classic uh recipe back in the day you know what i mean
0: exactly it it was how every horror film was basically drafted and yeah you're right it worked it sold tickets um and these days obviously films that do that don't do well because we all kind of you know, critics and you know, main moviegoers alike kind of see through that stuff, and you know, it gets panned. But you know, there's a, there's a really great um, article or post that Edgar Wright had had thrown on his yeah. website, and I wanted to bring it up because honestly, anything we say probably won't capture. Because he had a really, I didn't know this, but he had a really strong connection to George Romero, just thanks to yeah. the Shaun of the Dead film. And the one email he has in the in on his web post at the very end, talking about George Romero emailing Edgar Wright after Edgar Wright had said congratulations to George on getting his his Hollywood star, which has still not in, uh, been placed. Uh, this was last year in August, where uh, George Romero has said, uh, he, and I I quote the email. Um, I fully appreciate that someday in the future, one of my kids might be walking along Zambezi Street in LA and wonder why his or her father has his name embedded beneath the dog shit. Thousands of people stepping over that same dog shit. If they can decipher decipher the time-crusted lettering, will ask who the fuck is George Romero. Only you and my children will know. Like this is a year ago. And the father of zombies is questioning whether people will know who he is. His name will exist. For, for a very long time, if not forever. As long as zombies are popular, people will know I, I, who Jordan Beyond that, I
2: think, I think he said such a... I mean, one thing I will go on to, uh, to say is... is he, if Without him, we don't get Tom Savini. And Tom Savini is, a, is basically taught... 90% of the people in the special effects industry what they do. I yep. mean... He, he, and he got his start with Dawn of the Dead. He did a short indie film in the in '74, but Martin and Dawn of the Dead were primarily his first gigs doing special effects and makeup. Well,
0: you look at this and, this picture that's he in w- here, and, and it's Craig gone- Nicotero.
2: Yeah, well, not just that, but Tom Savini has gone on to start act in movies. Uh, he's gone on to he did a bunch of the night uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies. He's gone on to do Bigger budget, like regular non-horror movie stuff, too. And you don't get what he did without George Romero. I mean, and then, like like, I said, like you, you were saying, Greg Nicotero, there are people that are in that did stuff with Romero that have now done bigger, better things that literally, you can't turn on TV and see without Romero's presence, you know? So he may think, he may have died thinking that he was small and nothing, but he made a bigger impact on the world than he ever than he'll ever yeah, realize
0: he did. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's sad, really. Like that's the frustrating part is that he didn't live long enough to kind of realize how. And maybe he did, obviously. But but the fact that the, we read that article two weeks ago kind of unfortunately sheds a little light on the fact that he he still didn't believe it and I, and I think it really had a lot to do with the fact that his movies lately weren't successful um n- you know just because his his work is felt and and to this day inspires new creators and and, and new shows and new movies new video games you can still look at the, his last three directed films and kind of look at it and and i guess hollywood consider those you know bombs Survival of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, Land of the Dead—probably I don't have the numbers in front of me, but probably didn't do as well as you would hope in this industry. And and that's the thing we were talking about pre-show, and the fact that we talked about his his movie that he's producing or was producing, uh, Road of the Dead. It'll get picked up now, but a week ago he was having trouble finding financing for it. But I'm sure, it, it,
2: and it, it's got a it's got a listing now with him as a producer on IMDb and it's and it's listed as announced I, i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see this get pushed through now
0: oh yeah it's gonna happen i mean hollywood's one of those things that it's it's no um yeah hollywood's no slouch they are not afraid of capitalizing on something like this and I don't know. I I would like to hope that maybe George Romero would love to see this work get made. He seemed pretty content with it when he was talking about it. I know it kind of goes against maybe the whole selling out thing, um, but no. Just as as of seventeen hours ago, uh, an article on Den of Geek is is saying that Romero's partner uh, and collaborator Mark uh, Berman on the project Road of the Dead is actually still working and vows to bring the unfilmed screenplay to the screen. So. It'll get made. It'll happen. Is it going to be a good film? I hope so. It would be nice to have it I hope so. It would be, be nice
2: to. But even if it's not, I'll still watch it.
0: Hey, we'll all watch it. I think a lot of people yeah. will, just based Hell on the fact yeah. that it's Romero's, it's got Romero's name on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you're right. We're gonna get some stuff in the future. With um, we'll probably even get some reboots of a lot of stuff and a lot of tributes and odes to Romero. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's I think it's about time, and it'd be kind of cool to see what we can bring with that. You know, especially with the right people doing like, you know, what if like Edgar Wright directs a movie from Romero? You know what I mean? Like that's that's the stuff that you kind of want to see. But
0: um, I mean, he's definitely yeah. looking for work. He just finished Baby Driver, so.
1: Yeah, I'll take I'll take a Edgar Wright movie, a Romero redo. I,
0: I could see some remakes. Um, it would be there's some really early. I think the earlier stuff is probably better for remakes because I think you look at this later stuff and it's a little it's a little weirder and requires that Romero touch to kind of make it right, work. Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't see anyone able to remake. Um, I could see them trying to make Day of the Dead. But that would be a tough they, sell they these did, days. They,
2: they did remake Day of the Dead. They did? Oh, yeah. It's now... You don't want to see it. So, it's okay. It's bad. When was it remade?
0: It's, it's terrible. It
2: was, it was remade in, like, 2009, I think, or 2008. And it's bad. Like, like I can't believe that it even got
0: made. 2008. It's so bad. Day of the Dead. The, hmm. Steve Miner.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, it had what's her face in it. Ah, uh, uh, she's in all those movies. Like I think she's in the American Pie movies, right?
2: Yeah, uh, Mina, uh, Savari. Yes, yeah, Savari.
0: Mina Savari. Mina Savari? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who
1: else is in that movie?
0: Vince Williams.
2: Um, yes,
1: in it. Nick Cannon's in that movie. Oh my God, Day of the Dead, the remake was so bad.
2: It oh. it it's so bad, I. Almost couldn't finish it. <laughs>
0: wow, so bad. That so, bad. I, I, what is it about these films that they're just impossible to remake? Except for Dawn of the Dead, is it because Dawn of the Dead was just? It's, Dawn it's- of
2: the Dead was really faithful to his, uh, Romero's original vision, mm-hmm. uh, almost to a T. It was different characters. We had more people in the mall, but. It, it embraced the idea of what Romero's film was. This Day of the Dead remake is literally like, "Hey, let's cash in on as much gore and stupid stuff as we can," and they don't treat anything seriously. At one point, Nick Cannon is running around with a gun that's like bigger than he is, I think, or something yeah. stupid oh, like that. Oh, and man. I was like, I was like. What are you doing?
0: And they remade Night of the Living... Have they remade all of his films, basically?
1: I think so, yes. yeah.
0: So, Night of the Living Dead, 1990.
2: Th- the Night Dawn of, the, of the, the Living Dead... Dead Night- I will tell you this. I love the 1990 Dawn of, uh, Day- Night of the Living Dead remake because it was made by Savini himself, right. uh, who was very yeah, close to Romero. Game, and, yeah. and, and that's why it's so good.
0: So, you have... So, your Night of the Living Dead got it. Day of the Dead got it. Dawn of the Dead got it. Land of the Dead is too. Early. So, could you do Land of the Dead?
2: Too early. Think, too early. Too early. I. I. Not only is it too early, I don't know if there's a market for it.
0: Yeah, it was kind it's of not one of the weird po- ones. It's,
2: it's not as popular, as, uh, most popular work, and people still view it as new.
0: Yeah, for- I, I mean, it's 2005. It's. I mean, it's, it's not new. 12 it's old. 12 years old, but I think anything made after the year. 2000 i think 2005 is is when you mention that year it doesn't feel old enough uh but it's getting there it's on the cusp i i could say i mean if you're looking for years maybe yeah but if you're looking at so okay let's go around the table uh what movie what what zombie film of of george romero's would you want to see remade in the next five years faithfully um
1: Faithfully, like if they could do it really, really well.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really good remake that builds on the original, and it just it did a great job.
1: Survival of the
0: dead. No, I'm just
1: no. kidding. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing a good Day of the Dead remake. I think that was. Um,
2: uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you 100 percent on that. I think, um, I think making a Day of the Dead remake that is. Uh, holding to the, the the feel of the original is something that I think could really be different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like uh, Day of the Dead would be a ripe one that could be redone, and the fact that it hasn't been redone properly uh, could mean, could mean, could be good. And And again, like, if you look at what that movie did and the type of, you know, cast and location, you could do it for a minimal amount of money and still make a very faithful remake that, that plays on a lot of the tropes that are happening now, uh, in our, in our, in our world and kind of look at that and create a film that asks questions and, and, you know, stuff like that. And, And Bub is just one of those like classic characters that keeps popping up in, in these other films, uh, as a, as a as an homage to romero he was even in um the walking dead uh in season four and, it, and we kind of lo- i remember the conversation we had where we were like that kind of looked that zombie looked familiar and then later on like the day after it aired it was like yep that was bub you know so I, I don't know i would love to see a remake but uh if if anything just to get the taste out of our mouths that was the uh, straight to dvd remake in 2008 that'd be nice
1: yeah i know you know we'll be interested to hear what you listeners would like to hear for remakes or maybe your favorite romero movie or maybe something you know along those lines of memory or something if you want to email the show or write us or tweet us or
0: oh uh uh, actually quick update the remake of day of the dead is actually started filming in june 2016 so there is another one coming
1: uh great (laughs) so maybe maybe we'll get our wish uh
0: hopefully
2: <laughs> if they were already
0: in filming i'm worried
1: yeah and uh before we before we do get out of here we do have some listener feedback that uh, i think ryan wanted to share with us
0: oh we should save that for next week
1: you want to save it or we've been going a
0: little while don't worry we'll
1: get to you listener feedback. it's because it's
0: fear of the walking dead specific and i feel like it'll that's play true. really well with our conversation
1: yeah uh, that's fine all right well then why don't you take us into the wrap-up and uh we'll we'll, we'll finish this show and actually you guys may not know this hmm but uh, actually, I'll tell you right after Ryan's done with the wrap-up.
0: Okay. Well, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash podcast. That allows us to purchase things that uh, we can cover on the show, be it TV, movies, video games. If you want to hear about it here, the best way to support the show is go to patreon.com slash Uh I want to thank the patrons. It's been a while since we've, we've named them, and I don't have it in front of me. So we'll do that next week. But thank you, patrons. You're the best. Uh, you can go to ZombiesAteMyPodcast.com for all the other handy links like our email. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast, Like us on Facebook. A big community there supporting zombies. Uh, if you want to follow individual hosts, you can find myself at R. Murphy, Lou at BusyZombieLord, and Bob at Boppert f. Finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. Uh, you can find more of his work at JoelDuggan.com. Uh, dot
1: com. Thank you, Ryan Murphy. Lou Page. I miss you. (laughs) Any last words?
2: Yeah. uh, Anybody that is interested in uh, Day of the Dead and has seen Day of the Dead should know that uh, in the original script, the two pilots, uh, one of them was supposed to be the guy from Dawn of the Dead. And they originally were going to try and bring back uh, the actress from uh, Dawn of the Dead to be in those roles. Oh, really? Actually, I did not know that. Yeah, they That was the original plan, but he it took so long to get Day of the Dead under filming that both of them were either not available or uh, they had to change the script.
1: Huh. That's interesting. You know what else is interesting? This IMDb page that Ryan sent for Day of the Dead. <laughs>
0: the cast uh. looks... I... I'm worried, guys.
2: This officially, officially looks like garbage. I let's know. Not, it's just one
0: image. Let's not
1: get into that now. Yeah. Um, so something you guys may not know, but whenever I play the outro music, uh, that outro music actually came from Dawn of the Dead. It is the end credits in Dawn of the Dead.
0: Oh, I just remembered. Day of the Dead. It finally hit me. Our original intro with the hello. I understand yeah. where that's from now.
1: Yeah, now the you know. The circle is complete. Oh. All right.
0: Finally, <laughs> it's going to happen.
1: And from Dawn of the Dead, listen like your life depends on it.
0: Because it right. Yeah.
1: That's
2: right, Coltrane. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I didn't drop my weird piece of trivia.
0: Oh, do it now. I'm still recording. So
2: the, the guy that played Steel right. in Day of the Dead, Gary Howard Carl, he was on um, Dateline in this rant, in 1998. There was this random episode. I, my mom used to watch Dateline, and I was watching <laughs> it with her. And it, it showed clips. I was like, I know that guy. Oh, my God. Apparently, in real life, he found out after his parents died, he was adopted and went back to try and find his real parents and found out that he had 12 other siblings that were all Holy adopted. Wow. And they tracked them all down and come to find out one of them was his girlfriend in college.
1: Ooh. <laughs> ah! Ah!
0: Ah! <laughs> I guess that's a thing.